and uh, we're going to rock and roll tonight. Tonight's going to be a great show, so thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to say hello to everybody in the panel, and then we're going to be talking to our guests. And uh, this, this is amazing. The adventures that they have are awesome, so make sure you stay for the entire time. We're going to be doing this for about an hour, and then the uh, last half an hour we're going to be talking uh, or taking questions from the chat and the panel. So first of all, let's welcome Will Fly. Will Fly from Will Fly PBG. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing real good. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to tonight's show. Absolutely. Uh, you do a lot of videoing and uh, you have an awesome channel. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, just uh, I like to uh, fly paramotors and, you know, make videos about it and uh, kind of share what it is that I learn along the way, the good, the bad, and the, ind and the indifferent. <laughs> well, we're definitely glad that you're here, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, he's going to be watching the chat. So if you have any questions in the chat, make sure that you say hello to Will, and uh, he will let us know that you have a question in the chat. We also got ParamomUSA.com, our own very, our very own Linda Anderson. She's our cheerleader with the little pom-poms. Let's see the pom-pom. There they go. Welcome, welcome Linda welcome, Anderson. Everybody. Welcome, welcome in the chat. Thanks for all being here. Tonight on Monday night, the only place to be. We got two awesome guests tonight. Got Jack and Adam. So I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. And uh, yeah, you can catch me on Thursday nights. I'm paraglidingtalk.com, hanging out with my awesome son, Robert Michael. That's awesome. And if you guys want to be on this show, she is our PR girl. So just go over to ParamountUSA.com. It forwards over to her Facebook page, Linda Anderson. Just PM her and say, hey, I want to be on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, ClearProptTV.com and Paratalk.org. So we also got Jim Sennard from Canada. What's up, buddy? Hey. I'm trying to stay warm. I know, right? Uh, how's your how's your money smelling? Still like maple syrup there in Canada, eh? Smells good. Love it. Awesome. Now I know the last time that we talked, you were almost at a hundred flights. Are you there yet, buddy? Yeah. I well, I'm still almost there. Still at ninety eight. Still almost there. Well, hopefully you'll be able to get that hundred very soon. Now you also run a printing press up there in Canada. And you, you've also helped us get paramotor calendars out there over at paramotorcalendar.com. Uh, how do we get up with you, buddy? So in case somebody wants to get a calendar made or, or something made by you, how do they get up by you? Uh, they can reach me at carepp.com through email or chat or however. And uh, you can also check out carepg.com if you wanted to see some paramotor shenanigans. Paramotor shenanigans. That's awesome. So thank you so much, Jim, for helping us out with those uh, uh, free paramotor calendars that we uh, were giving away at all the fly-ins last year. Uh, we definitely appreciate you very much. Um, and thank you for being on the panel tonight. JP, are you there, buddy? No? All right. We'll come back to you in a minute. So we also got Jade in the house. She's our paramotor girl. She also has a show every wednesday night so tell us a little bit about your show miss jade happy monday everybody uh, my show is girls just want to fly and this week we have a really awesome guest as as usual but we have a astronaut 
that is coming on the show this week and interviewing her. And she was one of the four inspiration for um, astronaut. Um, she was the mission pilot uh, on the on the flight. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her and have it, having everybody meet with her. Well, that's awesome. And oh, that's I heard neat. I heard that you had the cred. So you feel a little bit better now? Um, today was first day back to work and um, about a 10, 10, 11 o'clock this morning, I kind of went downhill again. So, but I'm hanging in there. Well, glad that you're feeling better. Glad that you're on the uh, panel. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us. I Thank know you could be doing so much, so many other things like laying in bed, watching TV other than being on the show. So thank you very much. Uh, plenty of that last week. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. We also got JP Tulo from jptulo.com. The only guy I know that has over 2.5 million hits on a little kitty cat smacking him around. How you doing, JP? Not too bad, guys. Happy to be here. How is everyone? Good? Good? Definitely two thumbs up. And speaking about two thumbs up, don't forget, um, sometime during the show, we need to do our, our, our thumbs up thing. Excellent. Excellent. So how's your uh, TikTok Tulo thing going? You got any a um, couple nothing million new. more hits or what? Yeah. No, nothing new. Just kind of uh, same old, same old. I think uh, the footage has kind of dried up with the cold weather and everything. So haven't we need to buckle down and make some more content definitely, here but definitely make some more content because you know you you are the man the TikTok tula man <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the panel definitely appreciate you um but tonight is not about the panel tonight is about our guest we got uh, jack and we got adam uh they have been doing some amazing trips over the last uh, uh nine and five years and uh first of all we want to talk to adam adam uh, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thank tonight. you. And um, yeah, glad to be here. So it's Adam Dowling, right? I yes, said it sir. correctly. Okay. And you've been flying for five years. That's correct. Yep. And uh, one of the things that you recently done is flown internationally and brought your paramotor with you. Is that correct? Uh, no, actually, uh, I have not been. Um, flying my my paramotor internationally it's actually just uh P, you know pg paragliding that we've done internationally okay okay so we got a story though about you uh going international with you know and then flying over there right yes sounds good so tell us adam a little bit about yourself and uh, <laughs> how you got into paramotors and what brought you up to this point in life yeah so <clears throat> um i got into paramotors um basically the story is you know uh, i uh, went skydiving for the first time and uh, kind of got hit by that bug you know wanted to um you know it was my first really extreme sport experience um and while i was kind of you know just um excited to to kind of get into that sport i kind i started thinking about you know all the logistics and and everything and um doing more research online i stumbled across um PPG. Um, and then, um, you know, I was able to, uh, speak with a local instructor and, uh, you know, in a, in a few months, um, I was training. Um, and uh, that was back in uh, 2015. I took my first flight, uh, and I believe it was, um, May or June of 2016. Wow. So you started off with skydiving. 
So you start off with yeah, skydiving. Went, yeah, I just went skydiving once, and um, you know, uh, I was I, I kind of got um, you know kind of hooked on that feeling. Um, really, it was the glide down that um, that did it for me. Um, you know, whenever uh, the the shoot opened and it was just you know you're right above the clouds and you know, uh, you spend a few minutes gliding down. Um, the first thing I asked the, it was a tandem flight. So I asked the guy, I was like, Hey, how, how long can you stay up here? If you were to, you know, try to stay up as long as you could. And he's like, you know, four minutes or something like that. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, man, that's, that stinks. But now I'm, of course I'm flying above the clouds for, for hours if I want to with, uh, with paramotors. So. So I got a question for you when it comes yeah. to, when it comes to, jumping out of an airplane, opening up a chute and having that glide, right? And then you went over to PPG. Were you able to take any of that that feeling or 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 learning skydiving and moving it over transitioning it over to PPG? Um well, not the learning. I didn't really honestly didn't learn much except for kind of like the adrenaline um <laughs> you know that happened whenever um, I went skydiving for the first time, but um you know, it's kind of, a, um, you know, that, uh, that rush that you get, uh, you know, it does happen in, in PPG. It's not as, uh, you know, it's, it's not as intense, obviously, but, um, you know, it does happen after, uh, in, you know, certain flights where, you know, um, you're able to, uh, um, you know, have a, have a cool experience with, nowadays it happens when you know whenever there's several of us flying together um or i'm able to take it to the next level on some sort of uh, acro move or something like that um or aerobatic move um you know something that really um you know gives me that rush absolutely totally agree yep. well um adam we're gonna uh check ch uh, talk with jack burton real quick and um we're gonna uh go back and forth between you two so like i said thank you very much for both of you being on here uh, this is jack burton uh, he's been flying for nine years uh, he's been doing a lot of international flying and stuff but uh, jack go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself how'd you get into the sport and what got you uh, up to this point right now so I grew up in Europe and as a child in the 80s in France, watched these crazy men experimenting with, I would call it experimental in the early 80s or even late 70s with paragliding. <clears throat> and I was always envious, always wanted to fly and um, was able to watch that progress. And then again, like Adam, went skydiving. Freefall was cool, but the canopy ride was the amazing part. Fast forward, um, was in Europe with a friend in 1990 and going through Innsbruck, Austria and see a guy paragliding. And I'm like, we've got to chase this guy down. So we chased this guy down side of the roads up through the you know, mountains. And this guy had, had to know, I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere going through fields and everything. And he lands and I jump this fence and I come running to him, right? And this guy loses his mind. He thought he was going to be robbed, murdered, whatever. He had no idea who this random person speaking English. And so I was trying to give him a ride back because I wanted to find out where they were launching from and everything. But to make a long story short, that is whenever I knew I was going to para something, um, whether it be paraglide or paramotor. And um, I moved to Florida uh, 11 years ago and watched a guy go up and down the beach 
And it just happened to be Adam's instructor. So we actually share the same instructor. Went out and spoke with those guys and decided, hey, if I can't huck myself off of a mountain, I can put a bush hog on my back and kind of achieve the same thing. And it went from there. Then uh, paragliding, got to fulfill that passion. And the two really fit really well together. But um, yeah, that's my story. Well, that's really awesome. So how did you feel? Uh, the, like you said, you, you did the uh, skydiving also. Correct. Uh, what's the difference between skydiving and paragliding and paramotoring? Yeah, I had a number of jumps um, and, and free fall. And, you know, it kind of from an outside observer, it looks similar. Um, I have mentored quite a few skydivers transitioning into paramotoring. And I noticed that they're very heavy on the toggles. So their moves are very, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, where we're much, much more finesse. Our glide ratio is more, you know, probably triple that of a skydiving canopy. So the canopy ride is very similar. It's just rushed. The landing is very rushed in skydiving compared to um, paramotoring or paragliding. So similar but different. Uh, I think the biggest advantage of paramotoring is that's it. You buy the equipment. You don't have to go to an airport per se, pay for a ride um, and, you know, repack your shoot and maybe get on a good day, eight cycles, eight jumps a day where we can go up for hours. What's the cost of being able to go up per, is it per cycle or is it per day or how, how does, how do you have to pay for something like that? I mean, I think the last flight that I took, um, the last ride, I think was like 30 bucks. 25, so, 30 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. And that's so, after getting your A license. Yeah. Okay. And then now do you pack your own shoot or do you have something? I did not. I did not. No, I didn't get that deep into it. I realized that this was, there was too much friction to get into the air, meaning three hours there, three hours back and, you know, a few jumps, just the reward wasn't there. All right. But it's a good rush though. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but my opinion, completely different. Canopy ride is similar to shutting your motor off, but it's noisier, it's faster, and it's a little bit more uh, of a, a sensory overload compared to free flight. Free flight's magical. If you've never had the chance to paraglide, that's where you need to go. I've got a yeah. question for you, Jack. I mean, I've seen at, at my local LZ, there's a, a skydiving school, so I see, I see them jump and land all the time. It looks like those guys come down like a freaking rock. So they must have some hellacious flare authority. You know, it's like they come almost, you know, like speeding down. You know, they're going to crash, but that's what they normally do. Yeah. So last second, boom. We, we kind of, Adam and I kind of land like that on paramotors. We fly single skin wings a lot. And if you don't <laughs> land high energy, you're going to hit hard. Um, completely different techniques. So I think we kind of do a swoop is what your sounds like you're describing high energy, high speed turn bank and dive to the ground and then flare last second. Yeah. Bill H wants to know what type of Tesla you fly. I mean, <laughs> what fly, <laughs> what kind of Tesla do you have? Uh, Model X. Model X. Yeah. One, the one with the wings, of course, right? The gold wing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right All right. 
Now, you've been flying internationally, uh, both Adam and uh, you, Jack. So um, first of all, I know that Adam has a story about his first time, uh, but let's go ahead and talk to Jack real quick. Uh, What was your first time like going overseas and how has it progressed to lately? Is it easier, more difficult? And, and, you know, I want to go international. So I feel, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to or not. It sounds like there's too much help us out. And and maybe, maybe the viewers, viewers can understand what it feels like to go overseas to fly paramotors. Sure. So to be fair, you'd mentioned Mexico. I've never crossed into another country to paramotor or paraglide. I've only flown. Um, my most recent trip was to Egypt for a total of 18 days. And uh, in that particular trip, I actually used a motor that was in country already, which is always the easiest way to pull this off. There's no doubt about it. Um, you can look at Matt Minyard and Glenn Tupper's videos. They do a really good breakdown of how to get a motor on a plane and back to the United States. So. I really don't want to rehash all that. Um, I think we can use our time a little bit more valuably, although we've done it. Um, just uh, as most recently as September, coming back from Europe. Um, so that's that's another way to do it. But uh, Egypt, 18 days, um, was the most organized event that I had ever been on. Um, three different, four different cities or locations, I should say. Cairo, Luxor, Aswan, and Marsalam. Uh, we flew over the pyramids, the Sphinx, um, the Valley of the Kings, the Aswan Dam, and the Red Sea. There's some pictures up on my Instagram, probably Facebook Paramotor shared. But uh, that was a, an amazing trip. Now, the world's changed a lot in the last couple of years, right? And there's some barriers to uh, executing a trip like this vaccination is going to be a requirement that's going to preclude some people from doing this. Um, I'm vaccinated pretty easy. Um, you know, very low friction. The upside of this is these destinations are empty. So we had the pyramids practically to ourselves. So that really gave us a lot of flexibility on, and how low, and how aggressive we could fly and how long we could fly without that constant noise in the background. Um, so everything was just kind of chill. Even uh, Adam and I, we went to Coupa Car this year. We went to Italy, France, um, Switzerland, and Coupa Car. Um, if you're not familiar with that, probably the biggest non-powered flying festival in the world, paragliding, wingsuit, paramotoring um, in the French Alps. and Normally, it attracts around 80,000 people. I think there were, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, about 4,000 this year. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but still, 4,000 was great. Adam's first experience at Cooper Car was great. Next, this year, when we go again, he's going to know the lay of the land. Hopefully, all this stuff is passed and it's going to be like the way it was, you know? Um, but that being said, you know, to international travel, first of all, you have to set a goal. You have to say, hey, rather than I just want to travel internationally, pick a spot. I want to go to Ecuador, right? And then you start doing some research. Use the Paramotor Forum. 
um, use th this forum and, and ask people, have you been? What are your contacts? Does anyone have a paramotor there that I can use? Um, you know, never ask if you can rent, ask if you can use one, right? Come visit me. You can use one of my paramotors. I know that's kind of a, that's a big offer, but many people have done it for me and I want to be able to reciprocate. Um, you know, Ecuador. So that was, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, your first major international trip. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so I had never been to Ecuador before. I had been to Peru a few times before that to um, fly. And Adam's goal for that trip was to get paragliding certified. And I know this is a paramotor show, but it's, it's the same sport, right? You just add a mountain or wind or add the motor. It's the same thing. And we're lying if, if, if we're saying it any other way. Um, so Adam goes down there. He's got great wing handling skills, you know, lots of wind down here in, on the Florida coast and gets his P2 within two days, right? APPI, international rating. And his first launch was, describe, tell us about your first launch, Adam. I can't quite remember all the yeah. details. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was in the Andes Mountains. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I mean, um, you know, it was kind of like a, like a pasture on the side of a mountain that had plenty of uh of area to to run um you know and and get up in the air and you know aboard if i needed to um so I, I felt very comfortable um and and uh yeah i just um you know um i was able to um you know uh get up pretty quickly and and go for a good flight and really you know uh build build the confidence for my you know, my next flights on, on PG, um, uh, you know, that I needed. So he mainly. probably doesn't remember a whole lot of this, um, but he launched yeah. 8,500 feet above sea level yeah. surrounded by, <laughs> I don't remember the exact I, elevation. <laughs> I think it was 11 snow capped volcanoes. Volcanoes. Yeah. Right. Yep. 11 snow capped volcanoes, this beautiful lake, Yaguaracocha, Nevada, Ecuador. And, yep. um, his first time ever, right? He actually has his paramotor helmet on with his earmuffs, right? It was hilarious. His Mac Para Muse 3 and just sends it off this mountain and um, radios and everything. Great instructor. And, you know, first first paragliding flight. And just to give you a break breakdown of that trip, we were really kind of hoping to connect with some paramotor um, people there, but it ended up being a pure paragliding flight, which made it very easy um, remember the rest of the world, it, there's just tons of paragliding sites, right? And we make our own sites having paramotors. We make our own mountain, our magic button and go up. But when you go to these sites that are paraglider, paragliding sites, you meet some of the coolest people in the world, you know, like Robert, you meet the, the Tio de Blix, um, the Raul Rodriguez's, you know, Amelia Plaque. Those sites that you go to are where everyone else migrates to, to paraglide. And your network is so expanded at that point. The, the connections you make are amazing. You meet the coolest people. And um, so we ended up, I think we drove 2,000 miles in Ecuador, started out in the Andes Mountains, 
um, drove all, through every jungle, um, desert, um, mountain. All the climates. Yeah. yeah, all the climates possible, right? Yep. And paraglided in the mountains, paraglided at the beach, did dynamic soaring, made made some great longtime friends there. Um, and then back to Quito, uh, Ecuador and back. Um, so I think I kind of want to open everyone's eyes to the possibility of we're all paramotor pilots. Why not be a paragliding pilot? So maybe your first trip should be paragliding then you don't have to worry about carrying that motor around or renting a motor. Um, add, you know, you'll meet a new instructor. You'll meet a whole new crew of people. You'll be at a great destination and you'll have one bag to carry rather than worrying about disassembling, you know, a, a new gas tank, cleaning a car about, et cetera. And it's going to be much less expensive. That's very interesting. Uh, never really thought about it going out and just doing paragliding in different yeah. countries instead of paramotors. Yeah. Um, Adam, how was your experience as far as uh, your first time traveling international uh, to the place? And where did you go? And how was your first trip? Yeah, that first trip, uh, we flew to Quito, Ecuador. Um, you know, uh, um, it, I mean, it was it was excellent. Had a great time. Um, I definitely would recommend it. <laughs> uh, you know, get, being fully immersed into into their culture, um, eating eating the food as well was was a huge part of the trip. You know, we wanted to fly as much as possible, but you know, um, some days the the weather that wasn't quite right or the conditions. Um, one time when we were up on the mountain, the conditions, you could kind of see the weather coming. So we decided to shut it down. Um, so we didn't get to fly, you know, near as much as we wanted to, but, um, you know, whenever, uh, you know, the weather, uh, was bad, we, we explored the area. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an excellent trip. How was your, how was your trip from the United States over there? I mean, did you have any problems, uh, you know, getting over there? No, it was, uh, um, so we, <clears throat> yeah, um, I can't remember exactly what the connect, like, I think we, I mean, we, we left we out New of New Orleans, uh, New, New Orleans, Orleans yeah, to, we went to New Orleans yeah. and then straight to, to Quito. So, um, yeah, it was, it was nothing. It was like flying, you know, um, it was even the same time zone. Um, so central time, um, so yeah, it was it was like flying, you know, out west or something. Um, it, it didn't it didn't seem very far at all. There's a lot. You know, I've flown I've flown to Hawaii before, and like you know, that was like a whole ordeal. Twenty four hours, you know, you're hitting all. You know, I think I had three connecting flights. Um, you know, this was this is much easier um, than that, even. So yeah. So yeah. keep keep in mind, most of the people that we're de dealing with speak English in this sport. Yeah. This is typically, a, you know, higher education in those countries. It's an expensive sport relative. And, um, so there tend to be higher educated people. It's, it's much easier than you would expect. So people that would love to be able to do the trips that you're doing, um, it doesn't seem to be as, uh, I don't know. I've heard some horror stories crossing the border into Mexico, but, uh, that's not what you guys are talking about. You're talking about just jumping on a plane, yeah. uh, heading down south, 
yeah. finding a place to go. They already have your equipment there and it's a breeze. You're even in the same time zone. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, anytime you're doing a land crossing, um, they are highly suspicious of anything in a personal conveyance, right? It's air travel tends to be, you know, much less scrutinized than you coming across the, the border from El Paso to Juarez in a sprinter van with three paramotors that they don't want you to sell them, right? And, or whatever, fly drugs across the border. It's, um, it's very different when you're doing international air travel to a location that is accustomed to this kind of equipment. Like you fly into Geneva, Switzerland or Paris, France or Zurich or Milan, they're not going to bat an eye at, at this equipment because they see it all the time. I mean, it's paragliding and paramotoring, not a big deal there. It's now, did, way more did, saturated. Did you take your equipment with you or did you go there and rent equipment? So Egypt was using equipment there. Okay. And in Europe, um, the way to do it in Europe is to go there and buy the equipment and bring it back. That's where the stuff is built. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You get really good deals over there or, or how's that work? Yeah. So Coupa Cars, the largest trade show for this industry. And just in September, I carried a motor back. No problem. No big deal. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Adam was there through the whole trip and it was just a non-issue. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about sending your your motor via air is it's clean packed in probably a couple separate bags i'll rehash what what matt minyard clearly outlines in the video best case is a new gas tank take a new gas tank with you it's just that simple Wow. Um, just, you don't need to tell me, you know, uh, any detail, but uh, about how many percent are we talking less to get the equipment over there and flying it back than it is to get it over here in the United States? Uh, it depends on the scenario, but it can be right. Yeah, it can be significantly less. Significantly less. Wow. All right. We'll definitely need to talk more about that significantly less. Yeah, you could pay for your trip. Put it that way. Wow. Okay, definitely. So are, are you getting a wing there and motor or, or what do you normally get over there? What do you want? I mean, it's that's where all the stuff is from, right? I mean, wow. it's, you, you just imagine you're at the world's largest expo for this and those vendors don't want to ship it back or carry it back. So that's interesting. So if, if somebody, you know, hears this show and they want to get up with you and, and learn more about this, how can they get up with you? You have any multi uh, social media that they can find? Yeah, and I think in the show notes at J-A-B-U Sports, Jabu Sports, Jack Burton Sports. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm pretty, pretty much around in the paramotor um, group as well. But yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of to circle back about an easy international trip, Lima, Peru. Um, if you've ever watched Jean-Baptiste flying across the skyscrapers on the coast, that's Lima, Miraflores. Um, I have a connection down there with a free flight instructor, um, typically four people, and we just all split the expenses. It's not like I make money off these trips at all. I'll get the rent a car, Adam might get the Airbnb, you know, 
we pay the guide, the instructor, whatever. Um, you can go down there for 12 days and get your P3 rating for cheaper than you can get your P3 here in the States. Airfare and accommodations and everything. And you're in a different country using their equipment. You don't even have to carry anything down. So, you know, cost isn't, shouldn't really be the uh, factor preventing you from doing it. Kind of back to it. I think you need to set a goal, do your research and, and just make it happen. You know, like flying the pyramids, it seems so daunting, but it's really not. I mean, it's, and you don't have to take a motor. They have motors there and it's just, it's awesome. It sounds absolutely incredible. Anybody in the panel have any questions for Adam or Jack? Anybody in the super chat have any questions? There yeah, is a I'm wondering, question in the chat. I'm, I'm wondering about the costs associated with going to Egypt. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. There are two companies that um, have those trips, um, Sky One and Sky Sports. And you may have seen recently on social media that Leah Catullo and Johnson Q um, just got back from a trip as well. They went with a, with another company. Um, they were with part of an ozone photo shoot with Amelia Plaque. And um, so we compared notes pretty rigor rigorously um, after they returned just to see, you know, how everything played out, right? Very similar offerings from both companies. Um, the company I went with had a much uh, more extended itinerary. You could go just to Cairo. You could go to Cairo and Luxor. You could go, you know, pick four, right? Um, and it starts out, now this is, once you're there, 1200 bucks. And um, I think my entire trip, now keep in mind, guys, 18 days. Um, Delta, you know, stopped in Paris. I think I spent $3,500 and had single accommodation for 18 days. I mean, it's all inclusive food. We were at five-star resorts. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd rather do that than buy a second wing, put it that way. It was that much of an experience. Yeah, $3,500 is, is a second wing or another wing. So instead of getting the other wing, you could go and do a, a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, it's um, that one was going to be hard to beat for sure. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, Adam, um, uh, what kind of trips have you taken and what was your favorite trip to take so far? Yeah, so I did that trip uh, to Ecuador um, in 2019 and then in, in 2021 we went to, um, you know, we went to France and, um, you know, to Cuba Care um, and that, you know, uh, I don't know uh, as for which one was my favorite. They were both completely two different um, you know, experiences, um, I guess, uh, Coupe Care and, and meeting, uh, you know, a ton of, a ton of people there, you know, it was, it was excellent. Um, that was probably my, my favorite. Adam's being very, um, low key about this, but Adam, <laughs> Adam, uh, flew from Annecy. You guys have ever seen any shots of Lake Annecy? Um, probably the most beautiful town in France. He gets out there on a single skin and flies for almost two hours with competition pilots to soaring these was, cliffs. And um, yeah, 90-ish minutes. There were probably like 50 to 75 people in the air, but I just kind of mimicked what they were doing. 
and uh you know it was it was excellent <laughs> so it kind of goes back to what i was saying in the pre-show um we have met so many people that are ridiculously cool and do things well beyond our comprehension um but they're not on youtube or they don't speak english or they're not english is not their first language so we're kind of sheltered from them but when you go to these sites in in europe or or South America that are these focal points for paragliding or paramotoring, you meet people that you're like, like infinity tumbles just aren't a thing. It's like, whatever, you know? And wow. here we're like, here we're like, Oh my God, he can do an infinity tumble or a heli. It's like, dude, there are kids that are 11 years old doing helis. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We are so, so far behind in these sports compared to the Europeans. It's wow, crazy. that's it's, crazy. It's blowing. It, it, and I saw the thread on Paramotor the other day. They're like, what are some big names in, in this sport? And I'm like, this is, you're missing three quarters of the world. You know, we're so focused on English speakers that are on YouTube. And you're missing all the Spanish people, all the French, all the Germans, all the Swiss, all the Austrians, all the Brazilians. The, uh, there were a number of Brazilians on my trip to Egypt that were just amazing pilots. Never heard of them, you know, but, but they're clearly much more skilled than I am. Wow. That's kind of humbling. That's, that's incredible. Um, Nick Griffith in the chat asked, what is your go-to wing? So I guess both Adam and Jack, what are your go-to wings? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a toolbox, right? You look at your tool and say, what, what's my mission? So I studied the, the weather before Egypt before I went to Egypt and I saw it was a very high wind and then there were no winds. And I looked at the sites that we were going to be taking off from. So actually I, I was fortunate enough to be able to take two wings. Um, I took a single skin wing from independent Skyman. Um, it's called the tensing. You guys, if you watch Kyle Oglee or Matt Maynard, you've seen that wing. Um, and I'm, I'm the importer for those just a plug, but um, easy to launch just super, super comfortable wing. And the other was a BGD Luna 2, 20 meter, much faster wing, much better high wind wing. So I kind of had completely both ends of the spectrum. Um, so the single skin works great in a paragliding scenario. Um, really, really a, a great all around wing. And Adam, um, you brought a few different wings with you in, on the past trips. Uh, yeah, I when I went to Ecuador, I bought or I brought a uh, the Muse three, as you mentioned earlier, um, which that was you know it's a huge, it's like a twenty eight meter wing. I look ridiculous, you know, packing that thing. But um, the, on this last trip, I took a uh, um, a twenty three meter uh, Independence Tensing, the single skin, um, you know, much lighter, and uh, you know, uh, my baggage was very tiny compared in comparison to the the first time. Um, that's definitely something I learned from one trip to the other. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the advantage of a single skin is your free flight harness, reserve, wing, helmet, and radio are all carry on. Carry on. Overhead compartment. And then you check your clothes because if you lose your clothes, you can buy clothes anywhere in the world, right? Go to, you know, whatever. It's hard to buy a wing in some places. And so we try to carry on that stuff. But, um, back, you know, again, that's more complexities with the paramotor, right? You're risking seven, eight thousand dollars worth of equipment 
where airlines don't cover that kind of loss if there's baggage loss. But I will tell you that Apple AirTags are the bomb. We dropped AirTags in our bags and we could see exactly where they were going all times. 25 bucks, had in that paramotor bag and we knew where that paramotor was, so. Never thought about that. That sounds so cool. Amazing. Uh, so I had three AirTags, one in my um, uh, check-on bag, one in my little backpack that I carried with me with personal items and one in the paramotor. And you could watch them just go around almost instantaneously, even in Cairo. It was, it worked perfectly. Peace of mind. <laughs> then you know if, it's even, if it even got on the plane with you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a game changer. Um, anybody in the chat use the Apple AirTags for their paramotor or bags or anything like that? That sounds pretty interesting. Anybody in the panel have any questions for uh, Adam or Jack? Was there any more questions in the super chat? Uh, super chat. Yeah, Mad Sloper had a question, and you covered a lot of this. But I guess you know, assuming you're not getting uh, you're buying an all-inclusive package. He's asking if there are any like special flying site fees or licenses or medical yeah. insurance requirement. Yeah. yeah, good good question. And I, I kind of want to make a plug. I'll get a little more into that. I want to make a plug for Scout Paramotors, which I fly as well. Um, I love all brands. If you're flying, it's, that's all that really matters. It doesn't really matter what brand. But Scout has a really cool concept where Miro has these trips, right? Iceland, we've all seen Iceland. I believe he does Italy, Croatia. He takes care of everything. You use one of his motors, you can even buy it and bring it back with you. So don't forget, you know, if you want a low friction first time, scout. Their adventures are amazing. But um, as far, good, great question about flying fees. No, we have never had to pay a fee to fly anywhere. But um, paramotoring in France is very difficult. If you guys know, know Leah Catullo, she was traveling with us at, on that trip and language barrier, et cetera. Leah is a very accomplished ozone pilot, sponsored and everything, and was having a little bit of difficulties getting the green light to fly at Cooper Car because paramotors are um, kind of like an ultralight, uh, you know, uh, a registered, it's more like Canada, I would say, as far as their legalities are. So, Leah has a US PPA, PPG3, as did I. I speak French, which really helped things, but we went up to the organizer and showed them that, showed them that we had health insurance because they want people to be insured. And um, we were issued temporary flying permits for France, for Coupe Car. Now, circle back. This is the largest paramotor paragliding situation in the world in France and we had green lights to fly there and what was cool is APCO, um, Raphael Benetti, all these guys are like here just use our motors they're just so cool. Can you get a since you have the PPG3 and you got the temporary if you go back to someplace out of the United States are you able to like get a license to yeah, fly um, there or how does that work? I'm, I'm not sure how the USPPA, now France is kind of an outlier. France and Canada, I think are kind of outliers as far as licensing goes. Egypt didn't care. I mean, you had, you needed paperwork and as long as it had dead presidents on it, 
you could probably do whatever you wanted. I mean, that's, that's their paperwork. Um, but I know how the USPA, the free flight world handles it. They issue a international license. I think that's a good point that we could take up with NOAA, um, with USPPA, and see if we can get kind of an internationally understood rating like USPA has for a free flight. Kind of like an international driver's license of sorts for paramotors. Yeah. But you're such a, it depends where you go. You go to Peru, you go to Ecuador, you're going to be such a novelty that I think they're going to be more amused than anything. Now you go to some, you know, police states, you might get some friction. Vietnam, et cetera, you know. Right. Okay. Um, Walter from Australia asked if you ever thought about going to Australia and flying. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, obviously travel is very restricted to Australia now, but that's one of those countries that it's such a long flight that I want to make it at least a three week trip. And it's probably, you know, two and a half days of transit there and back. So you've blown five days, your, your vacay there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt Minard and I have, have spoken about his adventures and down under, and it was pretty amazing. So, yeah. All right. That would be interesting because in Australia, you have to have a license, right? To fly a paramotor, I think. So when, how would you... Yeah, when's the last time you met the paramotor police, though? Yeah, I haven't. You know? Mm-hmm. I hate to be like that, but what I would do in that situation is reach out again to the Facebook group and say, hey, planning on flying in Australia, what can I do to be legit? I mean, you don't want to go in there and ruin it for anyone by any means. So you try to go, try to do the right thing like we did in France. The world's our oyster from a, from a networking standpoint now, right? There's, right. you can click and drag and translate into any language you want and just do all this research that there's no excuse anymore. Very interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, um, I need a new wing this year, but sounds like for 3500 bucks, I could go on a, a, a trip of a lifetime and yeah, take, yeah. Take, take the wife, let her see sights while I'm flying around with buddies. And yeah, yeah. And then good point. Um, some of these trips, my wife would not enjoy. Some of them she would very much enjoy. The Europe, Central Europe, you know, the Alps, that would be a good one. Egypt was just kind of, a little fast paced. Um, Adam would probably say Ecuador was a little fast paced. Lima, Peru, totally cool for a family. Plenty of things for them to do. Um, right there near the LZ, you go fly, they could surf, they could shop, whatever. But um, we tend to do four people and we tend to hit it pretty hard, um, whether it's hiking up to launches, you know, it's. It's not what my spouse would enjoy. She wants to go eat cheese and pastries in France and not chase me down around. Well, that's interesting. How about you, Adam? What do you think about going over, taking your significant other and having it like a vacation? Or is it more along the line of a single thing? You know, you just go over there to, to fly because it's more directed at flying. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, um, I'd, it'd be difficult, you know. Um, unless they're okay with, uh, you know, just, you know, you kind of leaving them, um, uh, in a, 
um, you know, somewhere where they can explore while you're doing flying or uh, if they're, or if they want to fly, um, like do a tandem or something like that, that might, um, that might be something they can do um, while you're flying. And, you know, they could, there was, there were some people uh, up on the mountain too in, in Annecy. Uh, there, there was a, a ton of people doing uh, tandem flights and, and so forth. Um, so, I mean, that's an option too. So right. in March, I'll be paragliding in Portugal. And it's one of the rare trips where my family will be with me, but they know what they're getting into and it's coastal flying. So I'll just be flying up and down the coast, soaring, and they can take the car, go to the cafe, whatever. They know what they're getting into. But as far as like XC trips, that's not going to be their cup of tea. Speaking yeah, about... Send, send, send your wife out on a girl's trip, right? And come <laughs> on a guy's trip. No, or Jade, you can there come you with Leah, Leah Catullo, right with us. There you days, go. 12 days, right, Adam? Yep. I'd be um, it. Speaking about cross countries, Adam and Jack, what are your favorite cross countries that you have done? I mean, Adam's been flying for five years. Jack's been flying for nine. Um, obviously, you guys done some sort of XCs. What were your favorites and where were they? I mean, were they in the United States or in a different country? Um. I would say motor is going to be in Egypt. Um, we did some pretty long out and out and backs, you know, um, landing in the, on an Island in the middle of the Nile. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, rescuing a buddy that had a motor out on a sacred Island temple. That's a whole nother show. That's just another show. Um, that's crazy. But um, as far as paragliding, mine would be in um, Peru, a place called Pachacamac, Peru. It's um, an inland site, kind of like I haven't been to Blossom, but from what I've seen, it's very similar to Blossom, kind of off the coast. So you get this nice wind coming from the coast and you soar from mountain to mountain and then you can go all the way to the ocean. So that site's magical. In the lower Andes, yeah. Sounds pretty awesome. How about you, Adam? And uh, any interesting cross countries or long cross countries that you've done? No, um, we uh, here locally. We um, we usually on like holidays or something like that. We'll we'll get uh, clearance to fly. Um, you know, long cross countries. Um, so, the, you know, they're only like 30 miles or so, but you get the, the view basically that's behind me. Um, those, are, those are really the best ones um, that I've had personally. It's kind of technical too, because we're getting permission from the military and also yeah. a um, executive airport. So that's kind of an exceptional flight. Yeah, those flights with the guys where there's, you know, there's several of us in the air. Um, we, you know, those are the best times for sure. What, what what size groups do you normally fly in? I mean, if you go overseas, do you fly in big groups uh, or you just try to go out and fly, you know, with yourselves or, or what do you do? Well, and in Europe, we flew with um, Leah Catullo. So there were there were four of us. Um, right. Me, um, 
Leah, or is it just the three of us? I can't, I can't, yeah, just three. There was the four of us. getting mixed up. So in Ecuador. it was Adam, Leah, and I in one car. And if you guys know Chris Holbert, Predator Paramotor, and um, Ryan Glauca from Texas Paramotor Training, um, they followed us behind us in a car. And um, so we, you know, did the, the multiple countries there, did a lot of scouting. And then um, we ended up hooking up with Amelia Plack and Matthias, um, her boyfriend. She's from Ozone um, Paramotor Division. Um, yeah, so as small as Solo to in Egypt, we had 20, over 20 pilots in the flight and in the air at one time. Wow. Yeah. How about you? How about you, Adam, over the last five years of uh, flying? Uh, do you normally fly solo or do you fly in groups or how, how do you fly? Yeah, I usually, um, you know, fly at, le at least two um, along the beach um, locally. You know, um, I've flown I've flown solo quite a bit, especially those first couple of years when you're, you know, just trying to, you know, fly as much as possible to, to figure everything out. Um, I did a lot of solo flying. I think we've flown with most of you guys at Bad Apples or, or at Live Oak, Carson's place. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, what fly-ins have you gone to, and uh, which ones do you normally go to every year? Bad Apples um, is probably my favorite. Um, and Carson, Happy Thoughts PPG, um, good stuff. Um, that dog's cute. Looks like Falcor from the never ending story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bad apples is pretty awesome. How about you, Adam? Uh, which ones have you gone to and which is your favorite? Yeah. Um, I haven't been to too many. Um, whenever I first started flying, um, beach blast that was in Panama city. Uh, that was, that was my first, um, real, uh, fly-in experience uh, so that that was excellent uh, but now yeah every year I look forward to bad apples um, a lot of great people there um, great site um, you know they say it's like a putting green out there um, so yeah that's that's what I look forward to every year now is bad apples I'd, I'd love to go and, and travel a bit more uh, maybe go to endless foot drag or um uh, moonshiners i'm looking forward to that one day um seen a lot of good pictures coming out of both of those and and heard some great stories and experiences too so um but yeah just just bad apples for me right now you know i i did a road trip last november with resurgence ppg and we went as far west as glamis salton sea california and um it was amazing you know that venue but bad apples is so um, specialized for aviation that it, it's just, it's kind of a magical, one of those magical fly-ins. Right. And, um, you know, I, you guys have heard of salt and sea. There's a big fly-in coming in at the beginning of, of February. And I just kind of analyzed going and I really want to go, but by the time you do airfare or drive two and a half days, you can go take a trip to Europe for cheaper. It's just, it's just math. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and any questions uh, from the panel? I, I know we've been talking for about an hour. So any questions from you guys or Jack or Adam? 
Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make the commitment. Like the next trip to Peru, yeah. uh, I throw it out there. I make a date that I can go and I extend it to anyone if they want to come. And first three people to come, go. You know, it's pretty awesome. And uh, when was that, did you say? Like, for example, Peru or Ecuador or Europe. I'll just throw the invite out. If anyone wants to come, they can come. And where are you going to throw this invite out? Do it on Facebook, Paramotor. I think we're all in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, any questions in the super chat? I know that we're rolling up on the uh, hour of interview. Any questions in the super chat? No. All I right. can tell you that I am kind of open my eyes to uh, traveling and doing the whole paragliding thing instead of, I didn't even, didn't even think about that, you know, and I've heard so many times that, that if, if people were to start out paragliding first and then paramotoring that they'd be much safer pilots. So yeah, uh, I, I can tell you firsthand, well, that that was my experience. I was not a confident paramotor pilot in the beginning at all. And once I hooked myself off a few launches, it was a game changer for me. Right on. I, and I have one more question for Adam. Um, the You flew paramotors first, right? Yes. Before you did paragliding. So your first flight, paragliding, how did that feel as far as, I mean, was it significantly different? Was it shockingly different? Um, any surprises there or? Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you're in a paragliding harness, you're laying back and you, you can feel the wind kind of, you know, flowing through the wing better. Like every, everything is much more responsive, your controls. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it, it was a big, uh, it was a lot different. Um, you know, you're so heavy with the paramotor on and then, you know, you're kind of locked in you know, but you hit a bump or, um, experience a collapse, uh, uh, you know, with, in a, in a paraglider wing, it's, it's, a, you know, and I haven't, I haven't had any big collapses, but just like a tip collapse, um, it's a lot different than, uh, than a paramotor. If you've ever shut your motor off and landed, that's worst case in a paraglider, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's literally what happens. And then what you do is you seek for ways to go up, whether it's off of a ridge or a thermal. And then that's to substitute that for your motor. I feel the wing handles better. It's much more quiet and peaceful. You can actually speak to your, your buddy flying next to you. It's kind yep. of magical. Mad Sloper said that uh, in the chat, he made a comment that that's, that's one of the main reasons he got an electric paramotor is so he could shut the motor off and just... Yep enjoy well know. i've flown i've flown one of those new sp 140s it is amazing you come off the throttle and it feels like you're in free flight really yeah and then you don't have to worry about is it going to restart you know is my electric start pull start going to work it's just back on and there's so little vibration it's a little spooky um but that's clearly the future i mean i was a little over an hour of flight time on it which you do your numbers for real, you're probably not going to average over an hour. I saw that poll recently, and most of the people we fly with is probably about a 40-minute average flight when you really do the numbers, and um, that's a game changer. 
it's still loud whenever it's running, but when it's not, poof, it's amazing. Absolutely. I was, I was lucky enough too. I had a buddy that got an SP 140 and let me take it up for a spin. And, uh, I was absolutely amazed at the thrust, uh, because you got uh, regular mode and a sport mode and I turned on the sport mode and, uh, it, it, it hold my butt up there better than my Moster 185. What'd you think oh, about that? What'd you think about the power in, in the in electric paramotor? Yeah. It, it was insane. Was it insane? Uh, I, 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 I've never, I've never smiled so much. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, revolutionary. I guess it's like when you go from a, uh, a regular car and you jump into Tesla or an all, all electric vehicle, the power in the all electric vehicle, the torque it's is, instant. yeah, it's instant. It's insane. It's just boom, it's there. Um, big difference. And if anybody gets the chance to go and fly an electric paramotor, my goodness. Definitely go try it. It's really awesome. Adam, were you able to fly an electric paramotor yet? Not yet. Hopefully soon, though. Hopefully soon. <laughs> it Sounds future, awesome. Man. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we've sure. got a local pilot that has two. He's got the four-bladed, the X4, and the SP140. And um, he swears by them, too. He has a 280 um, Tornado as well. And he's he prefers his electric over, over two-stroke. I guess having an electric would be good because if you just want to go up for that 45 minute flight, you know, and, uh, you know, just, just do a quick flight. I mean, I think that's great, but I really like to do long XCs, you know, and topping off my five gallon tank, I can easily do two and a half hours and that's, you know, full throttle, basically doing anything I want. I got good two and a half hours. Yeah. If they ever made a electric paramotor, that could go for two hours. I think that'd be pretty good. However, you could put it on a trike, I suppose, and carry an extra battery with you. Yeah, Eric, so, DeFore, Eric DeFore has done that. Oh yeah. Um, he made a long range, a longer range trike. But yeah, I see right now the state of the industry. It's a two motor situation for me during the week in the evenings, electric, and then on the weekends, you know, two stroke. Yeah, and they're really not expensive either. I mean um i think it was what eight thousand bucks for the complete package for the sp140 yeah and then you know the maintenance and feeding of it care and feeding is minimal absolutely uh when i go fly i, I go through five gallons of gas no problem uh, on a day through the weekend right uh yeah like maybe sometimes 10 you know i'll go out and fly two and a half hours in the morning then i go fly in two and a half hours in the evening that's 10 gallons of gas you know that's uh um that's a lot of, lot of wear and tear oil's not cheap you know and then you got to do maintenance on it you know, re, you know replace that spark plug yeah it gets really expensive so interesting uh, anybody in the super chat what do you think about the electric paramotors do you have one uh, would you like to get one? What do you think of the advantages of having one? Um, I know that the one that I flew had the hour battery mm -hmm. because they have a half an hour battery and an hour battery. Correct. And it was heavy. Oh my God, it was heavy. The battery itself felt like the weight of a Moster 185. It, it weighed, the, the unit weighed the same as my Scout. Yeah. So, but it never got lighter through the flight, right? That's true. I guess it doesn't really make any difference. And as long as you come in for a good landing, it doesn't really make any difference when you land either. Doesn't take long to get off the ground in it. Just oh my God. That was just instantaneous. I mean, I 
I knew it was going to have some thrust, but I did not think it was going to be more than the Moser 185. I have a Moser 85 uh, Helix uh, 135 uh, prop, and um, I thought that was powerful. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any plans? Oh, do you guys fly trike two or just um, paramotor foot launch? No trikes. No trikes. I'm not anti trike. Yeah, it's launch. it's um, <laughs> our sand here is not very conducive to even balloon tires. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we have uh, surpassed the one hour mark. I know that we're going to go for the one hour and then, you know, wind down for the last half an hour. So any questions in the chat or any questions on the super or you know, on the panel here? Yeah, that was a question from Matt Sloper there. Yeah. He was uh, inquiring about the trip to Peru you were talking about. So um, would the P2 qualify uh, to be able to fly out of uh, Peru? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so kind of how we've done the Peru trips before is you go down without a rating and you'll leave, depending on the length of stay, you'll leave with a P2 or P3 rating. So, yeah, I mean, sure, P2 would be awesome. Any rating would be great, but if, if your intention is to get a rating, we've got some great connections there. Right on, man. That does sound exciting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get that some thought. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, may, it's, it changes your mentality about the sport completely whenever, A, whenever you have paragliding as a tool, but when you expand your, your possibilities, like right now, some of you guys are frozen, right? And it's perfect time to go to Iquique, Chile, right? It's summer there. I know. What are we doing here, right? Right. So, I mean, there's a whole, whole other world out there for us to play in. And, you know, around the equator, Ecuador and Peru, it's the same year round. So I think we might need to move down there permanently so we can fly every single day. <laughs> For sure. At least have a base, you know, maybe a, a, a like, I don't know, little office yeah. down there or something. Morocco, <laughs> another great site. Yeah. I mean, Turkey, Turkey gets a little cool, but um, Turkey is amazing. So, yeah, I mean, this year we've got um, Portugal plan, Turkey, and then Koopa Car again. I'm going to try to squeeze Iquique Chile in there. Um, yeah, depends on the world situation with the COVID. Exactly. Um, well, like I said before, you guys had, oh, yeah, a screenshot real quick before we forget. Um, we always do a screenshot so we can put that on our, uh, our video. So ready when you are, TikTok Tula. How do I do this control? Cheeseburgers. Cheese. Perfect. Sweet. Can I move? <laughs> I know, right? Can we move yet? <laughs> no, oh. but the, the takeaway is, you know what? Set a location and just do it. Let's do it. Sounds awesome. Uh, anybody want to jump in here and chat with us for a couple minutes while we are still on air? If you do, we can actually, um, oops, that's not what I want to do. Uh, we can actually share the 
username and password to get into here. I'm going to enable the waiting room because we had that one issue that one time. Let's not do that one again. So in the super chat, I will paste the meeting ID and passcode for this. And you guys are welcome to jump in. Just go to your Zoom and put in the meeting ID and passcode. Well, you'll be chatting for about another 20 minutes. So if you'd like to jump in, uh, you're more than welcome to. And then at about 8.30, about 20 minutes from now, we're going to call it a night. So please jump in and let's chat with Jack and Adam and the rest of the panel. Anybody have any other questions in the panel? Super chat. Anybody? All right. So what are some of the most interesting things you would love to be able to uh, to 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 help others do as far as like, I know that you like to go on XCs, like to go to different places around the world. Um, and you already offered Jack to be able to go down there to the first three people when you're ready to go again, to go with you. Uh, what are Oh, SIVs? Have you guys done any SIVs? I mean, five years and nine no. years? No, no, no. And no. Um, we got to watch an SIV um, at from Flyio in um, Annecy to see how an SIV should be done. And it was very <laughs> eye opening. Um, I've heard anecdotes about how some SIVs are done here in the US and we watched how they were done in Europe. And um, I spoke to Jockey Sanderson and Jack Pimblett about um, doing theirs in Turkey. And that's why I'm planning on going to Turkey this year. Um, but yeah, so answer is no, haven't done it, but yes, it's imminent. Interesting, yeah, Adam, for me. so you're gonna go down there too to try the SIV? Yes. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about it for too long um, in great detail for too long. Yeah. We got, we got to get in there and do that. It's, it's definitely the next step for sure. Interesting. So how is it done in Europe? That's different than over here in the States. Cause I've taken some over here in, in the States, but I didn't know that they would do them differently over in Europe. Yeah. Or so it was very structured um, where the the student let's call them students the, the customer was interviewed um, their experience was analyzed um, they were fully briefed on what was going to happen that day all the procedures all the maneuvers um, pilotage actually the ability to fly was judged first before any collapses were or any situations or simulations of incidents <laughs> were put into play. Um, it was very, there was a very clear syllabus as to um, what was going to happen. It was filmed. They had a dedicated camera people on the beach. They had dedicated safety boat. Now that they, they were flying off of um, the NSC launch there. Um, and it was just, you could tell that they'd been doing this for a while and this wasn't their first, first time. Um, yeah, so everybody, then it became customized after the first flights. Like this person clearly should not be um, pulling an asymmetrical front tuck because they can't do a spiral, you know, or whatever, you know. It, was, it became custom after the first flight rather than check boxes like go up, pull a full <laughs> frontal, pull, do a full stall, do a sat. That's like, you don't go to an SIV, in my opinion, to check these boxes off. 
you go to become a better pilot and experience what ifs. So, so um, how did they get in the air? Were they towed or did you uh, free fly launching, off of? They were launching from the Annecy Hill. Okay. And when you say hill, how high is the hill? It's at 5,000 feet, Adam. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, uh, something like that. 5,000. Yeah, I think it's uh, Four Claws is the name of it, right? That's the launch yeah. site. Yeah, I don't know. More than 3,000 feet. Yeah. Okay, so you launch off there, and I assume that you get some altitude. You, you catch some thermals. Get no, a no, 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 straight off, straight off, and you're over the lake. And they they have a box that's um, everyone knows who's flying there for recreation. You don't fly over the box. That's for the SIV. The SIV people have their um, PFDs on, and on launch they have priority, so they just send them out. You oh. yield to them. They go over the box. They perform their maneuvers. Okay. Um, would, do you happen to know um, about what it costs over there? Are you talking about Europe or whereabouts? Yeah, this is this is Europe. This is France. Um, okay. The company, the company that we were observing was called Flyeo, F-L-Y-E-O. And I believe it was a, uh, don't quote me, like $700 for three days. Okay. Yeah. That sounds to, that's a really good deal. Yeah. And like, for example, Jockey Sanderson, who kind of wrote the book on this, if you guys don't know Jockey Sanderson, look him up 30 years of doing this. Um, it's 800 bucks for five days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's you can literally some of the prices I've been quoted in the US on SIV, I can literally fly to Turkey, stay for a week and get training from someone who's been who literally wrote a book on this for less money. That's incredible. Um, in, English. in English. That's awesome. Uh, Matt Sloper joined us in the uh, the panel here. Welcome, Mike. Um, do you have any questions for Jack or Adam? Or are you just hanging out with us? You're on mute, by the way. So maybe he has some questions and... Here we go. Well, hello. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, that's a question for Jack. In reference to uh, like doing SIV with Jackie Sanderson, um, did, is there like a long waiting list? Is he like way backed up like they are here in the States? So, yeah, another good question. I just looked into this. He has um, April and September. Um, those are the good flying seasons in Oladina's Turkey. And mm -hmm. right now they're, they're taking names um, because of the whole COVID thing, right? It's, you know, Two years ago, you they would have been booked up a year and a half in advance, and um, now they're being very flexible, like offering refunds if you can't come. I do know that Jack Pimblett and Tio DeBlick with Rise, um, they're booked out. I think that their May classes are booked out, so they may have some September availability, but um, highly encourage you looking into those. Yeah, I've watched his videos over the past year. Jockeys? Yeah, I just watched Jockey's videos, and uh, if I ever kind of want to take a break and go back to PG, I watch his videos. So in case something happens in the air, it's kind of fresh. Like, okay, you might want to get ready to do this if this happens or whatever. But I definitely want to uh, get hooked up with him if I ever go to Turkey. 
yeah. which Turkey is on the bucket list to go fly. I, I lived there for two and a half years. It's the coolest country I've ever been to. Did they get all those lifts done now? Yeah, the lifts are like, finished. They're ready. They're running. They're ready and running. Huh? So is that like a, a daily fee to go up? Um, it's per, it's ride? Per, per ride. Per ride. And what's something like that run? I think it's 20 Turkish lira. It's like 10 bucks. Oh, 10 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. For a Which is what it costs for the shuttle bus in France to go to Annecy, the top of the mountain, 10 bucks. Cool. So, right. Yeah. We all need to go to Turkey. I'm telling you. Turkey. <laughs> you see that, you see that water and that they're flying over. And when it's yeah. so blue like that, when they have like that algae or whatever comes in and it's well, just that, like emerald. See, that's a destination that would be great to take a significant other to. You're going to be flying at one location. It's a beach town, great restaurants, uh, tons of Europeans there, English spoke and great food. That would be a good family vacation. What's what's the deal with that cove? People fly down to that cove and you got to get a boat ride back. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, the one that's like U-shaped. Yeah. U-shaped cove. It's like yeah, a, if you fly into that, you do. You have to. You have to get a boat right out. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I didn't know where Turkey was until I looked it up on a map. So <laughs> I learned where it was. That looks like uh, honestly, no kidding. Coolest country I've ever been to. Amazing. So you recommend Turkey first and then what? What are your list of um, places to go that you recommend? Turkey first and then what? Um, Peru is up there. Uh, Ecuador's up there. Uh, it, it all depends, right? So Turkey, Ecuador, Peru, value, tons of value. Um, you know, Europe is Europe, the Alps, but it's expensive compared, compared. So, you know, you probably can stay two weeks in Turkey for the price of a week in Europe. Okay, interesting. Uh, same question for you, Adam. Uh, what places have you gone and how do you rate them? Yeah. Um, well, me and, you know, me and Jack have these conversations together quite a bit. So yeah, my, my list sounds, um, I think he forgot to mention, uh, uh, Chile or Iquique in that list, but yeah, I know he, um, that's another one that we'd like to go to for sure. Anywhere where uh, there's, uh, dunes, uh, flyable weather, mountains. <laughs> when you go to these other places, have you tried to do like an altitude uh, a personal record and get really high? Um, are you more low and slow, mid-range, or wh how do you guys fly? What, what's your favorite? Well, you know, Egypt was proximity flying, right? Because you wanted to be near the stuff that you were you went to see. Um, but just by sheer nature of launching from 8,500 feet in, in Ecuador, that was probably a personal record <laughs> from the launch. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it depends on circumstances, right? What's, what, what does, what's the day giving you? Is it a thermal day? Like in Peru, there were some days that you were just, you know, dynamic soaring back and forth, back and forth. Then there are days when there are thermals that, just don't seem to ever end so yeah it's it's all 
based on conditions and location. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I think um, Jack knows I like to, to fly high. He does. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess some of my best flights though recently um, are, uh, you know, um, the ones where I can fly high and then come down and, and do some foot drags and, and stuff like that. So, What's the highest you've gone as far as altitude AGL? Uh, so, well, it was probably um, definitely in, in PPG, you know, here in Florida. Um, it was, I think, 75, 7,800 feet, something like that. Um, but wow. then para- paragliding, um, where everything, you know, uh, every, like, when we were um, in uh, Ecuador, I think, like Jack mentioned, it was around, like, 8,000 feet, somewhere in there. So it was a little bit higher, but um, it didn't seem as high because there's a mountain so are we talking the 8000 AGL above ground level or is that like no it's a MSL oh okay we're watching something on the screen what are we watching that's me taking off on a single skin on Adam's page <laughs> for some reason oh yeah that's a that's a morning flight that we had uh looks like uh a year ago yeah man time flies <laughs> yeah it's a sunrise flight beautiful yep so since we were talking about that single skin for the folks out there that don't understand or are noobs or haven't gotten to the sport tell us a little bit about single skin and uh there's hybrids out there also and what's the difference between the between that the um uh the bull nose and all the different types of gliders that that you fly if you take a look if you go back and look at the other santa claus picture santa's flying and get a little better idea um, right there. Um, so it's a single skin, meaning there's just a top surface. There's not a lower surface. There are still ribs um, or cells. They're more virtual than they are with the openings on the leading edge. So disadvantage start right away is they're much slower trim speed. I find that to be an advantage in certain circumstances Um, such as um, foot dragging or getting really close to things. Yeah, this is, I think this is Santa. Um, Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Super lightweight and packable. I mean, this wing weighs two and a half, uh, four pounds at the most, maybe four pounds. Um, You can reverse launch in one mile an hour winds. Um, forward launches, it, it just automatically launches is, is really the best way I can describe it. Um, are they good in high winds also, or, or is this yeah, more of they, a they lower wind? They just don't penetrate well. Right. So high winds for us, the most I'll fly, um, these wings in is about nine mile an hour, constant beach wind. Um, it really shines at zero to six zero to six constant and then anything faster than that my other wings are easy to reverse and i just take them because i'm lazy um yeah have you ever tried a hybrid wing where it's half half yeah i owned an apco hybrid for quite some time and that was my entry into single skin type you know technology 
great. It was a great wing. It, um, I didn't really know how to fly it then like I would now. So I, the problem was, is I'm like, Hey, this is a lightweight wing. It's going to launch easily. And it did all those things. Um, what it didn't do was, um, it actually had cells in the front. So it would still get sand in it here where a, a pure single skin doesn't get sand in it, which is great when you're mentoring someone, teaching them how to fly you're not constantly dumping it. Right. And it's not coming up asymmetrically because it's, it has three pounds of sand on one side, but to go back to your question, if I were to fly an APCO hybrid now, I'm sure I would love it. Um, but I didn't love it in the beginning because it w didn't quite know what it wanted to be. It didn't want to be a traditional wing or a single skin. And it was kind of in the middle. So it landed very differently than a traditional wing. It lands more like a single skin. But now we know how to do that. We know how to land it. So that's that's the big wake up when you fly a single skin is how to properly land one. Okay, and since you fly both PG and PPG, what are the difference in wings from flying purely uh, uh, gliding and power paragliding? Ooh. What are the difference in the wings? Yeah, crazy. This is a rabbit hole. Um, Everybody wants the one wing that does both, right? There is no one wing that does both well. There are plenty of wings that do both. The single skin wings do both. Um, they don't do paramotor like a reflex wing will, for example. They're slower. Um, so it, it, if you're a paramotor pilot and you want to paraglide, you're going to lose some efficiency because the wing is designed to have thrust, it's not meant for non-powered glide optimization or catching thermals. Um, if you're a paraglider, if you're on a paragliding wing, I feel like you have more of an advantage unless you're looking for pure speed. If you're looking for pure speed, you can't beat a reflex wing. They're fast. You, you put it in reflex mode and it just, they're fast. But um, if I were to have to choose one, it would be a paragliding wing on a paramotor. A paragliding wing on a paramotor. Correct. Really? If I had to choose one, yeah. It would, I would much rather fly a paragliding wing on a paramotor than a paramotor wing paragliding. Well, that's good to hear because that's what I'll be doing on the SP. I got the uh, Nuvik Hook 5, and I'll be flying that. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the SP, because when I get up two thousand feet and I want to shut off in thermal, yep. Then I got my nice uh, twenty eight meter uh, paragliding wing. Yeah, you're uh -huh. gonna be you're, you're gonna be a little more loaded than you were in free flight, but you're gonna the wing doesn't care. It's All weight right. underneath it, right? It doesn't care. It's oh, once no. you add yeah. I got a Gen Vantage three. It's a hybrid, so you can yep. motor in. And, yeah, but, uh, but that's really, I believe, a paragliding wing with motor risers on. And it is so lifty, and I can get lots of lift on there, uh, get up, you know, really, really high, cut off the motor, and really do a lot of gliding. It's uh, it's it has more of a glide ratio than I think the um, the other wings that I've flown, including the Spider and uh, Roadster. Yeah, Jin makes them 
Jim makes some amazing wings for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're on, on uh, 8.30. I know that you guys said that you need to head on out at 8.30. Um, anybody have any other questions from the panel for Adam or Jack or any other questions that popped up in the super chat that I did not see? Will, was there any um, in there? I think we got it covered. That sounds awesome. Well, guys, it's been an incredible hour and a half. It went by like that um really it did i mean didn't we just start yeah. i mean it, yeah, it, definitely. Uh. it really went by pretty quick and i definitely appreciate you guys being on here uh adam and jack now tell us before we go how do we get up with you jack on your on social media i know that we got links down below but uh for those of you that are listening to this podcast uh, later on after the live show uh just tell us a little bit about how we can get up with you and um your social media yeah at um at jabu sports j-a-b-u-s-p-o-r-t-s and if you look up jabu sports on facebook it'll it'll send you to me as well awesome and adam yeah i'm uh um on instagram mainly uh, uh adam at adam saints Okay, and all that is in the show notes or description down below uh, for the live show and for all of our uh, audio versions that are listening to this podcast. Um, I think JP, JP just started a share screen and he's showing right now your Instagram. Is that your Instagram, yep. Adam? Yeah, and, that's my Instagram. All right. And. Yep. There's Jax. So you guys do a lot of Instagramming? I mean, no, no. Not uh, really. <laughs> no, no, how about videos and videos and stuff? I mean, nah. any, nothing on YouTube? No, nah, I've got a few videos out there, but nah. Yeah, come with us. We have a lot of footage we need to post, that's for sure. Yeah, right just, just come with us and see it firsthand. Yeah, there you go that sounds good i mean for for you guys that to to be flying for five years and nine years and you don't have a youtube channel full of flying videos <laughs> obviously you're doing more flying yeah. than other po people that are just you know trying to do all this editing yeah no this is i wish i could say that <laughs> I, I fly about four times a week five times a week uh, yep. i can i can launch from my backyard um I just, it's a way for me to have fun. I, and the video is just another job. So I wish I could, but no. I feel the same way, buddy. I, I, I surely do. The, the airport that I fly out of is right, right, right down the road, not too far. I can get there in no time. Um, I can fly anytime I want to. It's a, it, you know, it's an airport. I can fly it, you know, sunrise you know every morning sunset every every evening and no one says a word because it's an airport um and i find myself not videoing anything or if i do i got a ton of footage on my on my hard drives and nobody sees me do anything you know and i, I respect people who are doing this because it's their hobby or a living right i mean that's great if you can monetize your hobby that's awesome but i also find that i'm a different pilot whenever I'm filming or being filmed. 
and yeah. I probably don't make the wisest decisions, and that's happening. When, when you're when you're filming, you don't make the wisest decisions. Or being filmed. Uh huh. Yeah. Like like it like it fly-ins. Uh, you fly kind of more sketchier. No, no, I don't. Fly-ins, I don't care. I go I go to fly-ins <laughs> to see people that I haven't seen in ages. Right. The last thing I want to do is fly at a fly-in. Um, just it's chaos, right? And it's people that are like, hey, I'm at a fly-in. I'm going to go do a wing over. It's like, you're not impressing me. Anymore, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, really? And you just keep going right in front of the LZ constantly? No. I'm there to, to you know, have a drink with you guys. Have fun. But no, what I'm saying is you, the cameras come out and you know you're being filmed or you're trying to make that next video mm. i think your your risk tolerance kind of goes out the window that is yeah. true sean <laughs> let you know um having been around a lot of pg guys a lot of guys they don't they don't wear like i i wore a camera on my helmet for my first flight and that was it after that most of them don't wear cameras because they're so concentrated into flying yeah uh, that they just don't and, and it's a hazard it's a risk to have that on your the stag hazard i agree you know, i don't stag hazard and, and i mean i talked to some guys that fly long xc's and they're just like dude i've flown all around the world and you know i'll just have those pictures and the videos in my mind they just a lot of guys don't in pg world don't record their flights quite often we we have a strange fascination with videotaping ourselves in the paramotor community yeah that's true I, I i have a chest mount and i put my phone and i record this way but my skyfly high and my ppg pps is on there you know and i kind of look down to see where i am where i want to go and then it's recording this way but you know i'm looking around i'm looking at everything and then you know i look back you know, later that day, and I say, oh, my God, look at that, this beautiful screenshot, you know, put it out there on Facebook. But yeah, I mean, that's the way to do it. I don't just take it out and do anything. I don't think that I have, but maybe three selfies on a paramotor. All the rest of them are just like this chest mount out. And if you guys have, yeah, if you guys have ever seen my Facebook lives, it's pretty much straight and level. Just showing you the beach, showing you a sunset, saying hi, testing out comms or a new piece of equipment. And then I put the phone away and then I go have fun. I fly for me at that point. But yeah, it's, it, it can get risky with a camera. And I've, mm -hmm. I've done stupid stuff in front of a camera because the camera's there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone thought about getting one of those uh, peanut cameras from like Runcam or the, uh, the GoPro 2? It's the real small one. Yeah, I got the I got the I got the GoPro five session. That's a little square one. By you know if I if I fly with a chase cam, that's what goes on my chase cam. The little tiny square GoPro. Is that so what you're talking about, about something that you just that's like very small that you just clip on uh, like maybe your collar, where you can clip it right onto your. Uh, chest thing and, and it's really small that oh way it's, it's the insta 360 oh the insta 360 yeah, like insta 360, one yeah. yeah something like that yeah no it's that big yeah that's kind of cool. that mark uh what's his name over there it used to fly uh for uh the european company and he he had that it was really small because i was just thinking 
I really don't want to start wearing a GoPro on my helmets and stuff and getting uh, worried about snags or anything else. You know? I looked into that that Insta 360, and uh, the downside is there's no external memory on it. It's all internal, and it only records for like ten minutes, maybe before yeah, you have to. It's the go-to, right? Insta go-to. go-to. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's like a passive thing, right? More than yeah. anything. Yeah. I think it'd be good to be like you're talking about. Like, okay, I'm coming up on some palms around the corner off of here in the sunset. And turn it on, and then later on, you can just grab a screenshot and then just turn it off real quick just to get like 30 second clips, you know. Yeah, instead of trying to record a whole hour flight, you know, it might be something that's a little better and lighter and smaller. And you know, I just think that the cameras become cumbersome and start taking over your flying, like you were saying. Yeah, if I if I flew once a week or once a month, I could see me doing some real video editing, right? And trying to up my game and quality content. When you mm-hmm. fly often, it's, 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 it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I think before we, uh, on our pre-show, we talked about putting the Insta360 or the GoPro 360 on a, on a selfie stick, you know, set it out there and go fly. Yep. And then after your flight, you can go back and edit you know, in anywhere that you want to and show anything that you want to. And it's all on our phone, too. It's editing on our phone rather than, you know, tons and tons of SD cards in our computer. Will Fly does a lot of that. I mean, he does a lot of editing, but his his videos are really good. If you guys haven't been over to Will Fly, let's go to willflyppg.com. Uh, Will, you said that sometimes your editing is like 30 hours for a video. Yeah, it can be. I mean, it just wow. depends on on, you know it's just the nature of video editing but the um and i just recently switched over haven't had a flight with it yet but i switched over to the insta 360 it kind of gave up on on gopro um i was looking at the gopro 360 camera but there's no way to hook up an external mic to it whereas you can with the insta 360 and my mission kind of goes along with uh, what jack was saying is i want to be able to just fly and not worry about getting a shot or having my head turned a particular way because my main camera is on my helmet and my head is always, you know, pivoting left, right, left, right, left, right, looking for things, you know, looking for traffic or obstacles. So um, I'm hoping that that will make, uh, you know, just less of a hassle to capture the moment. Exactly. We got Walter from down under. Uh, hi, Walter, but your audio's not working. You're not on mute. We just can't hear you, buddy. It's because you're in the future and you're upside down. So. <laughs> it's from tomorrow. Yeah, we hey. still love you, Walter. Yeah, he's from tomorrow. We, we don't have the audio yet from tomorrow. Um, looks like looks like JP needs to run, and I think that uh, our guest needs to run too. So, JP, uh, we appreciate you, buddy. Uh, how do we get up with you? And oh, watch your, pleasure, watch your yeah uh look me up jptulo.com um youtube instagram tiktok and the facebook um at jptulo so uh i'm sure i'll catch you guys throughout the week on the other shows so always a pleasure awesome well thank you jp we appreciate you buddy no problem guys take Bye, care JP. have a good week absolutely 
Um, so anyways, I guess we'll go ahead and call it a night. Sorry, Walter, we can't hear you, but we, we, we're very glad that tomorrow is going to be around. And uh, we always appreciate you jumping on and saying hi. Uh, tomorrow we also have another show that's going to be from uh, PPG Lear, L-E-A-R.com. Is that correct, Jade? Is that still going tomorrow from PPG Lear? Yes, it's going on tomorrow. All right. And then also we have one on Wednesday. What's that all about? Girls just want to fly in outer space this week. That's going to be really cool. And you can That's find awesome. her You can find her at paramotorgirl.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be PPG Lear at ppglear.com, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. I guess we're all keeping the same times right now. That's pretty good. Uh, Walter, can you can you chat yet to, to at least say goodbye to us? Ah, uh, still doesn't work. Darn it. But we love you anyway. We appreciate you. Uh, Adam and Jack, guys, thank you so much for joining us yeah. tonight. Um, a wealth of information. You guys sound like uh, uh, you guys are the adventure crew. And uh, definitely can't wait to see your other adventures and hopefully in the future go fly with you guys. Reach, reach, out, with any, reach out with any questions. Thanks for having us. Want to share Thank the stoke? You. Thank yeah. you guys. I so appreciate you being on the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Are awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. I know Adam needs to go because you know he has to he should have left 10 minutes ago, but he didn't. No, so it was it wasn't like a hard stuff. It's all good. Oh. oh, okay. I was like, oh no, I got to watch the time. And, and this, this is just going so much, uh, you know, it's flowing so well and I'm learning so much. I don't want to stop. Uh, but thank you very much, Adam and uh, Jack. We appreciate you so much for Absolutely. being on the show tonight. Right um, Welcome also, back anytime, guys. Yeah, yeah. You are on our chat, uh, our guest chat. So if you want to stay on that chat, stay on it um, every Monday night. If you want to be on the panel, now that you've been on as a guest, jump on as a panel any Monday night just to hang out with us. So if you have nothing sure. better to do and you're not flying, here we go. Yep. Okay, Sounds great. great. Love it. Maybe, maybe we'll do it from Europe. That <laughs> would be awesome. Let's do it. We'll make it happen. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Cool. It'll, it'll be um, three o'clock in the morning for us, but hey, what the hell? You'll still yeah. be up. You'll still be up. <laughs> Or you'd be getting up early to do that early morning flying. That's right. right. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So we already said uh, Will Fly from Will Fly PPG. Jim uh, from Canada and his maple smelling money. Uh, We appreciate (laughs) you for being on the show. And if you need anything printed, how do we get up with you, Jim? CarePP.com. CarePP.com or watches shenanigans at CarePPG.com. I love your .coms. That's so in- incredible and intuitive. Appreciate you, buddy. We also got Linda Anderson, our ParamomUSA.com. If you want to get up with us and be on our show, get up with Linda Anderson. She'll hook you up. And there's something going on to, on, on Thursday. What's that? ParaglidingTalk.com with your host, Robert Michael. Awesome. My awesome is fun. It'll be a great show. You never know what else is going to show up and all that. So make sure you guys tune in. It's always great information and all that stuff. So, yeah. And Robert's an awesome guy. And he actually jumped on our show the other night, which was really cool. So we appreciate him doing that. We also got uh, Mike Mansloper uh, in the house that uh, stopped in and say hi. And 
uh we appreciate you being on here since you were since you are here do you do any uh, videos and if you do where are they uh, they're just under uh mad sloper for my youtube there's not uh too many on there they're just uh, my pg from this past summer but uh hopefully i'll record uh probably i know will's dying when i first get the uh, sp140 up i'll have some video hopefully of that i can't wait some ground and and i'll probably attach a uh a chest mount camera probably for something like that and um other than that, that's pretty much it. I, I have an Instagram, but I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> I got like I, three or four photos, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got those things, too. I don't even think I use them. Uh, Adam, uh, Jack, once again, thank you so much. Any words to wisdom before we head on out, Adam and Jack? Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Stop videoing. Stop videoing yeah. and enjoy it, right? Enjoy the <laughs> Do it, yeah. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, once again, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you, Adam and Jack, for season three, episode 104 of PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com, paratalk.org. Until tomorrow at ppglear.com, have a wonderful night and uh, stay safe, fly, have fun. And we are Audi 5000. Thank you. See y'all. Have a good one. Appreciate y'all. Good night. Have a good one.